David, it's springtime, Steve. Mate, it's you... summer in Queensland. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, springtime down here means that you get another week uh, of like like zero degree temperatures, just to remind you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to get too far ahead of yourself. Mate, I've been watching the you know because I've got some friends who are down at the snow right now um, from Queensland who are snow bunnies. They just love it, uh, and. You know, enjoying the fact that it's warming up during the day, but it is still kind of brisk in the morning. It's freezing. It's well, for you, it might be. Like, it dropped below 10 degrees the other day, and we went, that's brisk. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so there is an upside, but that upside's about to end very quickly when what we loosely term spring becomes a very hot summer. We're going to... It's going to be killing us this year. Yeah, see, that's the thing, though. It's not like our summers down here are... Uh... Are, are cool, like we, they're not humid, but it it's going to be very very quickly going from oh gee you, know, you need a coat if you're going out in the morning to oh bloody hell it's going to be like thirty degrees by nine a.m. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> and to think there are people in Calgary that wear jumpers in summer because you know it it just gets a bit chilly sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been ages since we've caught up, Stephen. What, have you been keeping busy? I was sick, Dave. Oh. Like last week, I was on my deathbed. I caught the the flu that's going round, and I went to work on the Wednesday thinking, "No, no, I can push through. There's something I've got to do this afternoon." There was a big meeting and stuff that I need to be at, and I'm at work, and I've just got people looking at me like, "Dude, you need to not be here." No, no, I'm fine. I'm really, oh, I'm really good. Uh, and then I went home and laid on my deathbed for three days. So, how many people in the office did you take out with your? Um, ill-thought-out plan of attending work while you were sick? Yeah, none, I think. Ooh, um, lucky. Either lucky. because they'd already had it or I just stayed away. Everyone sort of went unclean, unclean, and ran in the other direction. <laughs> I'm just... Biting. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a bit of Leviticus action going on at work. But yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, sorry. Uh, Don't look. We could we could fall down that rabbit hole really quickly, mm, um, mm, and it's mm, at this mm. point, given that the high court has only just said it's a happening thing, we probably don't need to yet. There will be things to be angry oh, about boy. in future conversations. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, I, I was crooked the week before actually, but I I I don't know what I had. I had this just weird thing where I just was dizzy all the time, like I couldn't stand up, um, and had a headache and felt really, really wretched. That's um, not good. Well, it's not, but it's also one of those things you go, well, it's probably something viral, unless, of course, you know, it's something that's going to kill me, in which case I'm, I'm probably out of time anyway. So yeah. you just sort of put up with it for a couple of days. But Wait it, to see what happens. Yeah, it's just miserable. And it's one of those things where, you like, the worst thing was I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, actually, no, I'm feeling a bit better this morning. And then the second that I actually sat up, I'd be like, oh, no, <laughs> that was a bad guess. I'm horrible again. So, <laughs> all these days of sending sheepish emails into work going, oh, I'm not coming in today. No. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Are you, are you, are you a good uh, patient? Are you good at being sick? Um. I, look, I might have moments where I complain to my lovely wife and go, "I just feel crook," or blah blah blah. Um, I'm, I'm, I, th- I think I'm a pretty good patient. She might disagree, uh, <laughs> but like, I, I don't kind of you know lay down on the couch and go, oh, "I'm dying." Everyone pay attention to me, or, or that kind of thing. I will go away into a corner like a dog, and uh, you know, if someone comes in at the wrong time, they might mistake me for being dead. Um, but you know, I know that there's stuff that still needs to be done. So I'll help out as much as I can within the scope of how alive I am. Um, yeah, look, I think I'm pretty good, I reckon. But that's the thing, though. All blokes think that they're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I'm, I, I like, might as well have asked you if you're a good driver. Of course well, you are. Well, bloody amazing. <laughs> uh, I am self-aware enough to know that, you know, I feel like crap. Um. And, you know, like, I, I think in my head I'm being polite. Hey, honey, look, I'm feeling really not well. Do you mind if I go and sit down over here? I'll go and lay down. 
uh, and that sort of thing. How it comes out might be totally different, but in my head it sounds like I'm being really nice and polite and, Are you sure I'm sorry, can't help, I'm, I'm just not feeling well. And and also, it's it's I'm not often sick. Like, the two days that I took sick for this illness are the first two sick days I've taken in about six years. Um, in no small part because of jobs, but also sick. Um, so it's it's a rarity for me to get knocked down for more than... You know, like a cold, which you soldier on with. Right. No, what was the worst thing for me was one of the kids got sick as well. Yeah. yeah. So they stayed home from school. So that that really upset my vibe of, of like, look, I I just want to be here and be sick, and I I don't want to put up with your crap. Oh yeah. When and, you're sick and you've got a sick kid and you're then the responsible adult is not oh, great. It was rubbish. So, I blame the kids for giving me it. Like <laughs> I had the day off on the Monday. And um, little Miss Ten stayed home because she was unwell on the back end of it. And then Mister um, Twelve came down with it, sort of Monday afternoon. I I actually think he was sick. That did smack of. She got the day off, and I want the day off too. Um, <laughs> Be good like that, aren't they? <laughs> well, she went back to school on Tuesday, and he didn't. So I worked from home. So Monday was a day off. So I hung out and did some stuff with her, and she kind of pushed through it. She was pretty good. Um, we watched a bit of the MTV Music Awards together and we saw Taylor Swift's film clip. That was a highlight for her. Um, but then Mr. 12, like I said, dude, I have to work. I'm at work today, even though I'm at home. Um, he was like, okay, can I play? No, you cannot play Xbox. <laughs> that was, it. he was angling for, oh, I want to do this. I, want to. I said, mate, you need to stop and not, like after lunch, I said, there is no tech, there is no TV. You need to lay down and rest. And he came in sort of five minutes later. Oh, I've tried. I said, dude, I'm talking like try for an hour. Like roll over and close your eyes and chill out. Uh, and I think he had a rest, but, you know, I mean, kids at that age, they're fine. And I'm trying to make sure that he doesn't fall down the, the man flu um, tunnel, you know, that doesn't go, oh, I'm so sick. I'm the sickest in the world. Um, so you just, you know how it works. When they're kids, you just tell them, no, you're not. Hard enough. Or, <laughs> exactly. I've seen sicker. I've cut legs off sicker things. Uh, the worst thing for me was, uh, once I decided, no, I'm sick, I'm staying home, yep. I, I, I was sort of started curating in my mind a list of of things that I could watch. Like yep. I could just sit on the couch and catch up on a whole bunch of stuff. And of course, absolutely none of it was appropriate to share <laughs> with a 13-year-old in the house. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, and, man. Uh, can this... you go and be sick somewhere else? Yeah, go away. This sucks. I just, uh, bloody hell. So yes. that that really was a, a major disappointment. Not only was I sick, but um, but I, I, I didn't get full value out of it either. Uh, oh, worst. Yeah, see, it, I got a bit, I'm, I'm much like you in the, nah, you're fine, get over it. Uh, and because I work from home, like if the kids are homesick and and I'm okay and I'm working, uh, like I, my sort of little work area is set up out in our lounge room. Yeah. Which again is normally fine because there's no one else at home. But if the kids are at home sick and they're like, oh, can I just watch some TV? Like all the things that I would do if I was sick. Yep. I'm like, not not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> go to your room, off you go, find something else to do, have a sleep. Which of course is what they always want to hear. But, um. The thing that I, I never sort of have admitted to them about about the the TV watching while sick. When, when I was a kid, uh, my sickness routine really was I, I had to stay in my room in bed. But Mum would like bring down the portable telly from her room and Dad's room and set it up across from my bed so I could nice. watch TV all day. Of course, that meant it was either a choice of uh, whatever educational stuff the ABC had on through the day, yeah, uh, or you know, reruns of the Sullivans on, uh, yep. on, on nine and eight, uh, but still, <laughs> it was it was uh, it was better than nothing. That's for sure. I, it wasn't until much much later. Oh, oh, how old have I been? We we were still in our house in Brewery Street. Yes. Um, so we were there until I think I was thirteen. So it's prior to that, um, but it's some point in there dad got a new tv big fancy tv and a um and, and a super vhs recorder nice oh it was oh it was very very fancy mock uh, 
we were the family. We were the family that went from having two Betamaxes. Yes. Right. To like, got to the point where it was clearly obvious that Betamax was no longer a, a tenable uh, option to have if you wanted to ever rent a movie from the local video store. <laughs> yeah. So we went from that to Super VHS because my dad is that kind of yes, nerd. great work. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so between the Betamax, the Super VHS, the laser disc that you had at work, <laughs> you guys cornered the market in just redundant technology. I think. I think we actually came really close to having a super audio. Oh, remember, wow. remember, that, oh, what, what, remember those super audio cassettes? Yeah, I think so. I remember hearing about them. I don't remember ever touching one. I'm pretty sure we actually had like a super audio cassette player. Like the dad bought it home, tried it out, and then for whatever reason decided he didn't like it and, and, and it went back. But we were pretty, you're right, we were very, very close to being the redundant uh, <laughs> uh, audio visual technology store Gosh. in our family. And, and, and in a geographically inappropriate location for it. <laughs> exactly. Like, it was really, well, the thing was, our, um, we knew that Betamax was really on the way out because uh, the local, or, like the original local video. Uh, mm. Library, yes. Um, uh, changed hands at one point, and the new owners moved it into a building that we owned. So, like that, we were their landlords. So, um, you know, we, we, they, they were always up for a bit of a chat when I sure. went in there to get something. And so, yeah, I knew long, long before. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Dave, <laughs> the Betamax. <laughs> there's a reason there's none on the shelf. <laughs> it's like. Oh, yeah, was... there's always a great so it was a great telltale sign when one week you went in and they you know had all of the the new releases both in VHS and beta sort of next to each other or back to back and then they separated them all of a sudden there was a separate section the beta section and the VHS section and the beta section just kept getting smaller almost week on oh, week so it was it was it was a, it was a sad time that's when I'd you say... know you've made a bad choice yeah, uh, yeah. We, there, there's, there's still two video. Uh, I think two video rental places in Albury. Or well, actually, they're not in Albury. They're out in Lavington. But, uh, the, but uh, uh, the, the thing that's popped up now is the like the the kiosk like machines oh, all through yeah. the shopping centres. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, someone out there is is still uh, still re- renting stuff, but uh, yeah, not. It, it astonishes me every time I. I drive past the the video stores like we, we've still got a blockbuster and it started out in this what <laughs> yeah have they not heard <laughs> like has the like, news like, not got what is happening in the country <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a major drive-through center place so it started blockbuster started in this like enormous enormous um building um on the corner of a major intersection uh, out in Lavington, almost Bunnings esque, <laughs> almost. And then they went from there to a smaller but still very large uh, premises uh, on what was the old Hume Highway. Like, we, we, sure, there's the, there's a freeway now that uh, means that all the traffic doesn't have to um, uh, wind its way through the actual local roads of, of Albury anymore, which is. Uh, ultimately a good thing. So they moved on to the, what was the, the old main road, uh, and then they've gone from there to a place about a third of the size of that again, somewhere that looks, you know, look, it's bigger than a, than a kiosk, <laughs> but not much, um, in this little sort of shopping centre. Uh, no, it's not even a shopping centre. It's like a little like suite of offices uh, hanging off at the side of an arcade somewhere around the corner. It's just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It, uh, that just strikes me as a, um, an owner that just doesn't want to let go. But th- there's also an independent video store in town as well, uh, which, again, I uh, I don't know if anyone's yeah, let them know that the, the best use of those businesses are, are well and truly over. Like, speaking of, like, the the, uh, the video store back, back home in Inverell... Yes. I, I remember, like, you know, not only did they have, like, the membership cards, obviously, that, that yeah. was, you know... But you actually had to pay an annual membership fee. What? To join the video Gosh. library. <laughs> so, like, the, the, the people who owned it first up and then sold out before... They, they sold out while Betamax was still a viable platform, mind you. So Wow, so they saw it coming. Yeah, so, so they made bank. <laughs> they did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah. No, I, and yeah. Oh, talk about uh, timing, Steve. Talk about timing. Oh, mate, were there, I don't understand those like vending machine DVD loan things, Dave. Like we've got one down at our local shopping centre and I look at it and go, like, didn't Netflix make you redundant like really quickly? Look, and I don't know how much that they're charging for stuff, but even like without Netflix, like we are so in tune these days of if we want to watch a movie um, without going to the cinema and it's on the iTunes store. Oh, there's a million ways to do not, it now, isn't there? But, but it, it, yeah, like it's it's like if you're renting on the iTunes store, it's pretty cheap. Plus, you don't have to go to the local supermarket and find yeah. the vending machine. Um but not just that. So much of the stuff's fairly inexpensive that we just go, is there a chance that we would watch this twice? Yep, great. Buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, and here's possibly an indictment on myself. Um, I missed Tom Cruise's The Mummy at the cinema. <laughs> that's not... No, no, many no, no, would no, say... No, no, that's not an indictment. <laughs> many would say intentionally. Um, because I knew that thanks to Fetch TV... Um, they have a, both a, mo- a thing called a movie store and a movie box. Now, the movie box is not new, but sort of you'd say reasonably enjoyable, a good broad spread of films that they just replace every other month or something. You can just sit down and watch for free. You stream them, but they're there. The movie store you can rent or buy, it, not unlike the iTunes environment. And as soon as any movie pops up like to, to on the iTunes store, it'll be on the Fetch store. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. So, you know, I watched, um, what was it the other day? Some movie that I missed at the cinema, uh, we just, we bought it and I downloaded it and watched it and I went, that's great. Now, luckily because of my um, other mood lighting stuff that I do in the media, uh, I'm part of what Fetch call their VIP list. So Mm. I don't have to pay for those movies. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's super good, man. Uh, I think I've rented one movie and every other one we've just bought. So, you know, we've got a list of films just growing in our library that we might have watched once, maybe twice, but it's always there if I want to just go play and off I go. But it sits only in the Fetch environment. Um, I saw that Tom Cruise's Mummy had appeared on the Fetch movie store and I went, oh man, like I'm torn. I want to see it because I know it's horrible. I want to see how horrible it is. Um... But I'm not yeah, sure but, if I want to buy it or whether I just rent it. Um, because do you reward bad behaviour by buying it? Or do you go, no, no, this is expected to be so bad that I'll want to see it again and show others and go, look, look at how bad it is. Here is one of the moments where you go, this was a bad idea. Um, so I bought it. <laughs> You're part of the problem now. I'm, the, uh, I'm, I'm a hoarder, Dave. I'm, and... <laughs> have become a digital hoarder as badly as anything else. Like I find it very hard to throw away um, digital assets. I will version documents so that I've got, you know, here I'm happy with this as completed draft one. And then when I want to start on the second version, I'll either copy it and rename it and start working on that. Or I'll make sure I save as so that I've got the next iteration of the document. Um, See, here's the thing I hate about digital assets. it's like one more thing to manage. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and that, that's why, like, ultimately, there could be cheaper and other solutions out there compared to, say, the iTunes store for movies and that sort of stuff. And realistically, I am never, ever going to investigate them at all because the thought of, of managing another thing just gives me the shivers. Like, yeah. right, right now, I know that I <laughs> own licenses for probably... Oh, over a dozen ultraviolet movies. <laughs> do you yes. think? Do you think I can remember what service I actually used to claim those? <laughs> I've no. got no idea. Yeah. Not like like anything that sort of says like yeah, here's, here's your free digital copy, unless it's like a a, uh, a gift code for the iTunes store. Forget it, because what ultimately happens is. Yeah. Uh, I sit every now and again. I go, oh, I've got all these movies, and I should get copies of that. And so I will sit down, and I will find a store, and I will redeem them all. And then next time it comes to happen, I will forget where I redeemed the last lot. So God knows yeah. how many different accounts I have, and who knows if these things even exist anymore. Like, like why? Why would I know whether or not this random bloody ultraviolet streaming service 
even like has it been bought by someone else? Has it changed its name? Oh, has it, is it the new pets.com? I don't know. <laughs> there was a there was a time when each of the um, movie studios kind of had their own store slash service that you know here's your digital copy. Didn't last for long, but that was a thing. And then all of a sudden, they, someone very smartly realised, no, no, we'll just let Google Plays and iTunes iTunes deal with it. You know, um, and, and, that, I have, and that was great, right up yeah. until this ultraviolet nonsense came about. No, just no, it's not oh. a thing. Um, I was gutted um, when we bought um, what was it, uh, The Force Awakens on DVD. Mm-hmm. Stoked because they were smart enough to go. Here is the DVD, and here is your digital download for either the Google Play Store or iTunes. Mm-hmm. I went. That's really smart. I really like that. I don't want to have to rebuy all of the Star Wars things digitally. Uh, however, if I really need to, then this is a great way for me to do it. I'm, you know, I'm going to buy the DVD anyway. The digital version means I can bang it out on my iPad anytime I've got an internet connection or prepare it for a, a long journey. That's great. And then they released Rogue One, and guess what Disney didn't do? Uh, let me guess. Give you an iTunes code. Oh. <laughs> it was just, no, no, here's the disc. Yeah. What? You jerks. Yeah, if there's one thing that you can't really expect from uh, media companies, it's for them to do nice things for their customers. Oh, if there's one thing you can't expect from media companies, it's consistency. Oh, boy. Uh, And, yeah, I I, I do love having, like, this stuff digitally rather than... uh, than taking up storage space in my house. Like, as as it is, we have... We bought Buffy the Vampire Slayer on nice. DVD back in the day. Uh, although someone's got our season one box set and I've got no idea... We've got no idea where it is. And everyone who we think might have t- borrowed it says, no, not them. Oh. Uh, which is... Look, which again, in some ways, it's not the worst thing ever because they're like, look, I do like season one of Buffy, but I... I I'm not so blind as to say that it's not without its quirks, shall we say. But anyway, but when we were buying it, this was where... So season one was uh, only, I think, 12 episodes. So that that was one box set of three DVDs. But mm. every other season is like uh, like twin box sets, each with three DVD cases. So like these things are massive they yeah. take up like an entire large shelf and of course we've got all the ones for angel as well because um so, because you did because we did and no, angel's good don't I, I hope you were sort of you were on board there Malk, because angel is excellent um uh, oh yes i i'm there i'm down uh, with mm, that mm, mm. um uh, it's i much preferred my my sitcoms to my dra- more dramatic sort of stuff. So while I, I, I enjoyed Buffy and Angel and I appreciated it, it, it's not one that I would have rushed out and bought the box sets for, but that's me. Get out. I know. Nerd credentials hanging on the door. Oh, Stephen. Mo- but, so what, so what, you're, what you're saying is, what you're saying is, that rather than having a box set of something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if I come and visit you, I'm going to find a box set of Everybody Loves Raymond. No, you will not. <laughs> not saying, for a second. It? That's what you're saying, isn't it? That's what you're thinking, <laughs> and it's wrong. Um, I'm going to need evidence of that. <laughs> because it's... <coughs> what I will say is... Um, like, mm, but this mm. is the thing, right? And I know that they're only sort of in passing anyway, but... Like, I would love to own um, the box set of uh, The Office, the American version, because I think that is just some of the funniest television going around. Same with Parks and Recreation. Um, however, I know that, you know, with, what, seven seasons worth of multiple episodes on disc, it's just crazy, you yeah. know? There's no benefit in that. Either buy it on iTunes or your favourite digital platform, or do what I've done and wait for one of the streaming services yes. <laughs> to, um, to pick it up and starting... Friday next week, Stan are delivering me every episode of Parks and Recreation. So it's been fun knowing you all. Um, <laughs> I'm off to watch that back to back. Well, see, and the, which is great. The only thing is, of course, the, the, like the streaming, like because you come to think of like Netflix and Stan as, oh, this is where that thing is, and and uh, and you know, you add it to your list uh, or, or you start uh, watching it. 
and, and that's great, right up until the point that you sort of leave it for a little while, go to come back to it, and it's gone. Mm. Obviously, that doesn't happen with the you know the Netflix original stuff, but there's been quite a few other instances where I've gone, oh yeah, I absolutely will watch that. That's great. I'll put that on my list, and then it just vanishes. And not only, and this is where it gets really sneaky. This is where this is where there's like some serious gaslighting going on by yeah. bloody Netflix. Is not only does it disappear from the catalogue, it it therefore also disappears from your list. As though, oh no no no, you never said you wanted to watch that. It's like. I'm pretty sure I did. No. Yeah, confident no. that I said I did. You can't have said that you wanted to watch that because it's not here in your, in your what I want to watch list. So clearly the, clearly it's not our problem, it's you. And that's really disconcerting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, But that's a tough one, right? Like, I understand the scenario, but man. Yeah, I know. But see, what, what, I mean, they have all this information. Couldn't they at least... Because they send you out a, a bloody email going, hey, this is all the new stuff that's coming this month. And it's like, oh, yep. wow, thanks, that's really fantastic. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be not that hard for them to sort of flick out an email going, hey, you've only got a month left before this goes away. Mm, it's, yes. You know, like, not, not about everything. Like, I, 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 there, there <laughs> just are about lot, the things that I've liked. There are a lot of shows on Netflix that I don't care if they go away, just yes. quietly. But, yeah, if it's in my list, give, give me some notice. Give me a warning. Go, look... I know you want to watch this. You've said you want to watch this. Uh, you, you better pull your finger out and do it because otherwise it's going away and it's gone forever. There is a Twitter bot that exists that I think it particularly scrolls through and knows, is aware of the Netflix catalogue and it announces new things as they come out, uh, but particularly lets gives you like sort of last day's warning on uh, when series or shows are leaving the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, that that that's a great theory. But I'm I've I've become very good at ignoring Twitter, Malk. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've become very very good at ignoring that as a platform. I think that, that's what it's there for, isn't it? <laughs> to be ignored. Oh, look. Uh, I, I I think it's just a, you know what I think it is. I I, I think. Seeing as so many of us ha- have moved on in our lives to a point where, you know, especially where we've moved away from organised religion and we don't have someone uh, once a week telling us to feel bad about things. Yes. Um, <laughs> we've got Twitter to replace that. <laughs> so you can go on there and you can feel all the guilt and angst that uh, that used to, at least for some of us, be you know, delivered in a, in a weekly sermon. <laughs> oh, but replace once a week with once a minute. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, and it's only boy. amplified. I mean, I know I probably need to do some some viewing and reviewing of people I follow, but in in this rabid age where a, a non-binding, non-compulsory postal vote is about to take place, oh, I've got a phone call, Dave. Yes, Stephen. We'll pick up in a second. All right then. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> You're back. Dave, I'm sorry about that rude interruption. I am back. That's all, that's all right, Stephen. If there's one thing that, that I have you know, come to accept, it's, it's okay for you to have a life when I'm not here. <laughs> no way, man. No <laughs> I, way. I, I, don't, I don't expect you to just lock yourself away just because we're not talking. It's a, in fact, in fact it, it, it occurs to me that you uh, having a life of your own actually makes you a richer companion for uh, conversation. Let's say that that's the case. <laughs> I've got no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> um, I think I would, it was just pointing out that Twitter is such a fiery dumpster meatball. Oh, that, yeah. You know, right now, you can't turn anywhere without either people being pro or against the whole marriage equality thing, which I understand. That's that's a focus and, and all of that sort of stuff. But that it, and, and in the midst of that comes the outrage at the reporting or the outrage at the... Um, things that people say that they disagree with and, and people calling people bigots and, and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Which see, just makes me sad. Uh, look, it, it would be nice to just blame uh, blame Twitter for all of this, Steve, but I think ultimately we need to accept that there's a fairly significant percentage of uh, human beings who are just assholes. <laughs> Twitter is just the medium that we see them through because I suspect that if we were more engaged in uh, Facebook or Tumblr or, God forbid, you know, actually deep diving into Reddit, <laughs> you wouldn't have to look very far just to realise... 
people are shit. And, <laughs> and it's just... It's just upsetting to be reminded of that when you can spend the rest of your life like tr- at least trying to to like avoid those people. Like you yes. can't always because you know work and other things like that sometimes put them in your path and you you can't avoid them. But you know when, when someone is a real jerk, um, you don't have to be friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, like it's great, I, but they uh, can still seep into um, to your life. You know, and it's and it's their own fault. You know, <laughs> wanting to be engaged means you have to end up seeing all this crap. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I I haven't been... I've always preferred Twitter over Facebook. And yep. um, my job, the nature of what it is and what I'm doing means that I need to be on both reasonably regularly, as well as Instagram, as well as Snapchat. Um I have to say that ever since the whole marriage equality thing really started to ramp up and the, the notion that we're going to have this um, non-binding, non-compulsory postal vote, uh, it, man, like it, Facebook became the wild, wild west in a just quick hurry. Um, I pride myself, Dave, in both in my Twitter feed and in my um, Facebook feed in not just blocking or dropping people if they share a contrary opinion to me. Uh, I, I Particularly people that I would consider my friends, I want to understand why they think that or why that's important to them. Um, and unfortunately, in the midst of the marriage equality thing, because a lot of my friends uh, you know, Christians, people that profess faith, that means that I get some very black and white um, articles shared or statements made or um, long reads that are, here's the answer. This is why you have to vote no. Um, and we're not all bigots and all of those sorts of things. And I don't want to launch into that that argument, that conversation. Um, I'm also getting to the same end. Here's the answer why you must vote yes. This is the... And I'm like, part of me is I just want... We need to hear all of the things. We need to be... Un- the best way that we can get through anything is to listen rather than to speak. It's why I haven't sat down and wrote out a massive long, here's what I think in the marriage equality, because I'm just trying to listen. I'm trying to hear what people are saying and I'm trying to weed through the pain and the hurt that is very clearly on both sides. I said we weren't going to talk about this. Oh, see, oh, Stephen, you know I love you very much. I, I tell you that every week. Well, yes, Dave. It's not every week because we don't talk every week. Yeah. We, should, we should, but we don't. But see, where, where that sort of thinking would like that would normally be my, um, I would normally be on board with you there. But what sort of seems to bring it unstuck for me is that um, there seems to be a disproportionate number of arguments on one side in this mm. debate that are really, really fucking stupid. <laughs> And and at some point, I can't imagine which some, side you're talking about, David. And at some point, I I think it, you need to sort of do a little bit of quality control and go, is it right to hold this really fucking stupid opinion up against this fairly valid one? And I just keep coming down on no, no, it's not <laughs> because you're not actually you're not actually getting a clearer picture of anything by listening to some of those very fucking stupid uh, opinions. All you are doing is exposing yourself to st- stupidity and you're also just having having shown to you how far away from rational discourse people are willing to go in order to rationalise you know, their, uh, their, their own feelings on the thing. I mean, I, I, I think Rick Morton's uh, piece in the Australian last weekend saying that you know a lot of the no vote is that people find homosexuality icky, and they're just looking for excuses to not have to say that. I think he's mm. right. Like, you know, and 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 I would say I, I, that particularly that the people that are that feel that way are the non-religious conservatives. So the people that. Don't lean on a. I'm not saying that they're exclusive, but I I look at because I've got I haven't got a foot in both camps, but I live in both camps, right? Like mm-hmm, my sure. my 
job has me working in in a field of faith. I work for a church, a uh, church organization, in fact, not just a spe- like I work for a specific church, but I work for the statewide body of that church. Um, and then I live my life independently, and I you know I go to a very conservative Baptist church, which sometimes does my head in as well, because um, I'm very much a yes vote person. So that that's the tension that lives in my environment. Some days I feel like it's going to make my brain explode. Um, like I look at conservative Christians, people that, that hold faith and make their decisions based on what they read in the Bible and, and those sorts of things. And I can understand how they form their opinion, form their, their belief as far as, well, I'm voting no because of these things. Well, see, we're, we're, which is where I, I I move away from you there, Steve, because I can't. I mm. can't see how you can, in good conscience, um, look at the message of Christianity, which is you know the New Testament, um, and get this massive hang up on um, on homosexuality. Mm. Where I, I, I when, agree when, with you, Dave. W- yeah, but that's <laughs> the difficulty. I can understand how they've come to this this uh, formation of their belief. I disagree with how they've come there. I, I, yeah, I just think it's... But disingen- I get it. I, I, I think it's just disingenuous. And and that and at, at that point, I, I, I must admit, and, and this is my own, um, my own uh, blind spots and biases coming in, sure. in, into play, and I, I'm willing to acknowledge that. But if... <laughs> If the 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 thinking is supposedly based on strongly held religious beliefs, uh, unless you are living an Old Testament lifestyle, and I'm pretty confident that none of these people are, then you're picking and choosing. Like, if if it's good enough to pick and choose, going, oh well, I don't have to have my wife live in isolation when when she's menstruating. Um, then it's good enough to go. Well, we don't have to damn homosexuals because, yeah, like, there's just no, there's no moral consistency for someone who is willing to completely ignore whatever part of the uh, the Bible they are that uh, they find inconvenient or they don't think it applies to them, but yeah. then hang doggedly onto something um, that is that is so hurtful. Like it's just bullshit. And 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 my my problem is. Uh, having come across enough of those people in my life, I, I just can't give their position any respect because I don't think that I just do not think that they are coming from an honest position. I do not think that 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 what they are saying, the argument they are making, is one that is in good faith. Well, this this, this is indeed the the issue that I try and raise with them when I get to have the conversation about well why do you think this what's your position and, and you know I inevitably get the stream of Bible verses quoted at me as to why they think this and um, those that I consider smarter i.e. people that don't just lean on but the Old Testament says uh, because we need to look at the Old Testament and the New Testament in parallel um, and without getting too inside baseball on it. Acknowledge that the the whole New Testament bit, because of Jesus turning up and those sorts of things, actually puts the Old Testament in a whole bunch of context. Um, If you look to the Old Testament and say it's still the law, then what are you doing reading the new part? Um, Because the whole point of Jesus turning up was telling you guys that, hey guys, Leviticus, you messed up those original 10 things that God gave you and turned it into 200 and something uh, rules that he doesn't agree with. So let's just wind it back to a couple of things. Um, so in that context, there is, even in the New Testament, you know, from letters from Paul and those sorts of things where they talk about, you know, sexual sin, broadly speaking, and it's mentioned explicitly as homosexuality, however, in the same breath as divorce. Uh, and I am particularly trying to tease out with my conservative Christian friends Look, you know, as, as I acknowledge, I can understand how you've come to understand or believe this. I get it. Why then do you make excuses for people like me who have been divorced and have remarried inside the church and you so willingly welcome um, and don't put any condition on, but I have to repent or I have to, you know, do whatever um, just because I'm straight? Like, how is that different? 
Yep, and, and, and I'm I'm on board. I I I think the same things that you you're thinking there from the sound of it, Steve. I just have a. I don't have your patience, <laughs> I I, I, and I don't have your your. Like, oh, I just, I, I just, I can't anymore. Just you're right, and it is, and and this is where I find it difficult because for me, as someone who I consider theologically progressive, um, uh, am in a, in a position where I look at it and go, guys, it's the inconsistencies that hurt you when you lean on the Bible as the infallible word of God. Um, I have grown up and come to understand that the Bible contains the word of God and that in all of it, there are lessons for me and how I can live my life and what I can do and how I can uh, be authentic in my faith. Um, That doesn't mean that I read explicit Bible verse A and that contains the defined singular rule for the way I should act. Um, it, It may form a part of me understanding that, but it's not the explicit black and white, it says this, so I do this. I mean, it's why I don't eat shellfish, Dave. Um, but that's that's the that's the ongoing tension in all of this. Now, the other thing that I try and, and discuss with my conser- theologically conservative friends is the idea that the vote is a separate issue to, and this might sound weird, but the, the, the vote that we're about to have is a separate issue, issue to churches um, marrying homosexual people, LGBTIQA It's, it's got people. nothing to do with it. Uh, absolutely. It's a separate issue. No, no, it's the same thing. And so the retort I get is, no, no, it's the same thing. Because I'm a person of faith and this is what I believe, I have to be consistent with this. Otherwise, blah, blah, blah. And I keep saying and reminding them that the government isn't run by us. Like, it's not run by the church and hasn't been for a long, long time. So consequently, it's meant to represent uh, a religion-free state. I think there are plenty of people both within the parliament and within the church who would disagree with your statement there or certainly would like to. Well, that's, 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 And that, that becomes the grand tension, right? Like, I am all for people of faith, whether it is Christian, Muslim, uh, Baha'i, whatever, becoming MPs. Great. If you can do that and you want to represent your community, you do that. I think in that, you have to be authentic and say, well, I'm a person that holds these conservative values or these progressive values or whatever. And then when it comes time to make your mark as an MP, you need to listen to your electorate and respond and reflect them in the things that you vote for. And the most difficult thing that has come to pass in modern politics is this idea that every every vote is no longer a conscience vote because the government of the day just want to be seen to be passing laws and doing the things and getting things happening. The only way they can do that is get people to toe the line. And that's why all of a sudden we've got the two amendments to the 2004 Marriage Act where people who now are against that have historically been shown to have voted for it. And they're complaining about, like, it's all of that stuff. Um, why, why can we not... and and. I, I acknowledge that it might mean that the government falls into complete disarray, but why can we not make every vote a conscience vote, Dave? Where the well, parliamentarian, the representative of the electorate that I, I may or may not have voted for, has to reflect the tone of his or her electorate in how they vote to every issue. Well, for starters, not every matter is an issue of conscience anyway. And at some point... Um... But why not? Why, why are they not? If they're passing laws... Why is every issue not a matter of conscience? Because a lot, a lot of law that gets passed is just administrivia, or is and... unconscionable. <laughs> um, yeah, or both. Um, so there's that. But I mean, look, that, the latest that, thing that's, that's got. Before... Un... Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say. But see, the thing is, so the the, the the religious angle is one thing, but that's before you even get into the really, really stupid arguments Ugh. about this is uh, this is actually a proxy for free speech, for oh. freedom of religion. Now, this this but one, who's bringing that up? The conservatives. This, this one pisses me off a lot, Steve, because <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but in the in the late eighties. We, there were actually uh, a bunch of referendum that went alongside the, one of the elections, 
and and one one of the referendum items was to actually insert a clause into the constitution calling for freedom of religion right do you know who actively campaigned against that that referendum oh i can only imagine australian churches australian churches they campaigned against the idea of freedom of religion being inserted into the Australian Constitution. Those same church groups, many many of whom are still there now, claiming that we have to vote against same-sex marriage because it's a proxy for freedom of religion. They said they don't want it! They literally said they do not want freedom of religion in Australia! They voted against it! Oh, Stephen! See, and this this is why... This is why I can't take... I, 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 I just do not believe I have yet found an argument against marriage equality that yeah. has been made in the mainstream. Look, maybe there are some individuals out there who have them, and obviously I, you know, I haven't <laughs> polled every Australian, but I have not seen one of the high-profile opponents of marriage equality come out with a single argument yet that I can give any respect to. Like not one, and, and this this is my problem, Steve. And and, and this is why, like, like it, their arguments are just so bad. I don't think that they even like if you call me a, someone who's trying to censor people by all means, because these stupid arguments, apart from being held up to ridicule, do not deserve to be given any weight in any kind of discussion. And it gets it gets worse, right? When you've got. I'm going to say some things that are that are pretty painful to say. Uh, I read Andrew Hastie's blog that appeared on The Spectator, um, <laughs> which is edited in Australia by Rowan Dean. <laughs> That's... Ouch. Hang on. Um, hang, hang on. We just need to stop there. Uh, Steve, uh, are you okay? No. <laughs> because, because, mate, mate. That's probably just only one or two steps away from, from actual physical self-harm, and I don't want you to go there. And okay. the step in between is watching Mark Latham's Outsiders. Oh, um, God! You haven't, have you? No. Oh, no, I God. refuse to. Oh. Um, it's... What a joke. Um, anyway, I've, some of my conservative friends are sharing that article from Andrew Hastie saying, this guy has managed to, you know, wrap it up nicely and this explains, you know, how can we vote for this when we don't actually know what the knock-on effect is? And and one of the things he says in his first three paragraphs is that the Attorney General has come out and said that if we make this change to the Marriage Act, are you ready for this? Mm. There is a knock-on effect to 21 other laws or 60 other laws and four... Uh, Commonwealth Acts that need to be changed because of it. Now, first things first. I haven't heard the Attorney General say that. He may have. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it mentioned anywhere else. So to me, that sounds like they're just stirring up FUD. Secondly, if that is the case, Mr. Hasty MP, then isn't it your job to just make those changes? <laughs> I would have thought so. Third, given that back in 2004, the Marriage Act was amended to make it say man and a woman as we currently have in the Marriage Act, and no one made any noise about any other laws that needed to be changed because of that change. So either our laws have been inherently uh, written uh, to be about a man and a woman and no one said anything before, and therefore not reflective of the way relationships are changing in society. Or, since 2004, in the last 13 years, lazy parliamentarians have written lazy legislation that now needs to be fixed because we're acknowledging what those on the yes side, people like me, is a core um, just right to human beings to want to be able to marry the person that they love. What is going on? Like how? And it's it's just left to go unchecked. So Andrew Hastie said that the Attorney General said this. Now, I haven't bothered to go looking yet, but I'm pretty sure had George Brandis come out and said that there would be all of these other laws that need to change, it would have at least been shouted from the rooftops of at least two other major publications and nothing. 
And, and not just that. It's like, like he's uncovered this great big secret. It, like he, it's it's a bloody uh, you know what's his name? The Da Vinci coded. He's Da Vinci coded this <laughs> and going. Oh, check it out. We'll have to do some work. Yes, that's your bloody job. Uh, yep. And the thing is, like, this happens all the time. Legislation gets changed, and and there are, like, minor... Knock-on effect. Not minor adjustments or or, um, uh, amendments that need to be made to other related pieces of uh, of legislation. And you know what? It's no big deal. And it almost almost (laughs) always gets dealt with in an omnibus fashion of blah, 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 blah. Here's the big list of things we're changing all at once. And... And through they go. Like, it is... Because you know what? They've got people employed in Parliament House to make sure that those changes get tabled. It is so uncontroversial as to be... Oh, stupid. And so, so, Mog, look... We keep getting these straw man arguments of have a look at what's happening in the UK and Canada and America and and all these people that are having their religious freedoms oppressed. And I keep saying, guys... That's three other countries that function under three separate sets of laws. Not, not, not just that. These same people who are raising the oh, the, the religious freedom <laughs> argument, these are the same people who are talking about banning burkas. Now, oh. Steve... If I have not... one more person push me over to an article on Kiralee Smith's Facebook page, I'm going to punch myself in the face. I'm that woman sure. is abhorrent. Honestly, I love her to bits in that way that I'm supposed to as a Christian. But holy crap, everything that she says and stands for is just based out of fear and half-truth and absolute rubbish. I'm really, really not sure if these defenders of religious freedom who are trying to ban the burqa really understand the concept of religious freedom. No, I, not you for know, a second. Oh, and this is the thing. Every time I sort of sort of see them talking about religious freedom, what I hear, what they're actually meaning is uh, a, a Christian hegemony. That's what they that, that's what they mean by religious freedom is. Well, Christianity should be everywhere and should be able to do whatever it wants. And it's like you know what we live in a secular world, uh, and you just don't get to claim that privilege. And yeah, and, and that's the whole thing. Like they they are just trying to protect. Um, a, a privilege of their own to, especially around discrimination. And this is the thing. <sighs> these these organisations already have so many, so many exemptions in anti-discrimination uh, legislation across the country so that they can discriminate against people uh, if they feel like it. Like, that, is, that in itself, to be quite honest, is... Uh, that, that, it's unconscionable. Like, like it, it is horrible. The fact that... Um, you know, they can and do use this, this, these bloody exemptions to to uh, to persecute people, um, to then be jumping up and down and going, well, we we need more protections and more freedoms. Get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Steve. I love you. I do, but I just oh. No, you're not attacking me, man. I understand. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> I can handle oh, the slings and arrows, man. It's not. The church has done so many things to not cover itself in glory. It's not funny. Can't they just do a bit of love? Like, can't they just do some loving? Just, like, loving your fellow man, loving your neighbour? I'm, I'm pretty sure... It would be nice if we could. I'm pretty sure there's some of that in there, in that in the New Testament bit. <laughs> like, you know, again, it's been a few years since I've been in church, um, and I will admit that there were times when my mind would wander. But I'm pretty sure that that, that whole, yeah... Love thy neighbour thing was was a pretty pretty core tenet. <laughs> oh golly, Stephen, yeah. and, and and again, you're right. Like we 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 are just at the start of this. It's only going to get worse. And ugh. it's he to me. This plays into the whole the the whole bloody Nazi and KKK thing and and all all this all this both sides nonsense. Like you don't get to claim that there are both sides when your position is one that some other group uh, is inherently less human or less right, uh, le- less worthy of rights than you are. Like that's just not a legitimate position. A- and at, at some point, yeah, I, I, and uh, like people, I'm sure people do genuinely feel hurt and upset when someone calls them a bigot, but. If you're doing saying bigoted things, it's unreasonable to expect people not to do that. Mm. Like, oh, Steve, it makes like, my heart hurt. I can un- I can understand 
um, how, and this is the thing. I understand how people who want to vote yes look at people who are going to vote no and say they're homophobes and bigots. I understand how they come to that, um, how they, how they come to that assertion. Controversially, I also understand from uh, the people on the receiving end of that how they feel that that that's hurtful because for them they don't see they're not either their eyes haven't been opened or they haven't been enlightened or whatever but they don't see why them being able to have an opinion makes them bigoted or homophobic so this this becomes the tension when it gets to the name calling stuff and it actually really burns me not because um you know people are calling out stuff that they believe uh is unfair and, and those sorts of things cool but when people just straight away lean on, no, no, you're a bigot, you're homophobe because you don't, you don't want to do this. Because there are legitimately people in the church that go, well, I want to understand this better and I can't have a dialogue with you if you're just going to call me a bigot and a homophobe. Like, it's, this is the great tension in the middle of this. This is why the listening thing needs to happen on both sides. People are not willing to listen to the other side at all. It is a done deal. Have the vote today. You know, it's any pros around, you know, it will allow the community to engage respectfully. No, sorry, none of that's happening. I mean, and to like move off the the argument and onto some of the mechanics, you would have thought having at a distance been able to watch the absolute shambles of Brexit, which was ultimately all down to... Uh, a stupid way for some conservative politicians to try to deal with their own internal party tensions. You would have thought you, that, that someone over here would have learnt from that and gone, you know what, let's not get the public involved in a massively divisive vote just because we, I can't you know, keep the backbench in line. But no! But no! We didn't learn that lesson at <sighs> all. At no. all. This at is, all. You know... And, and that's the other thing that is so frustrating. We've got... Oh, God. Did you see... Erica Betts came out and said how happy he was that everyone could now be involved in, you know, in, uh, in, in this survey and talked up the wonders of democracy. But he has already said he's going to vote no regardless of what the outcome of the survey is. Like, this is head explodingly stupid and wasteful stuff today we saw this i didn't even know this there there is um a vaccine for menin uh, for a certain strain of meningococcal yes. which is an incredibly incredibly nasty virus that strikes fast kills a lot of people it's going to cost about a hundred million dollars so the federal government has said well, we can't do that we haven't got the money for it how much are we spending on the uh survey so you know million. what you could do? You could actually give out this meningococcal vaccine and have $22 million left over if you just stopped this stupid, stupid, mind-bendingly hurtful bloody survey. Oh, Stephen. A non-binding, non-compulsory <laughs> postal survey. Oh, golly. Like, the only people who are going to do well out of this are Australia Post. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a bit of a disaster for the ABS because this isn't their bread and butter. This isn't how no. they do things. And they've uh, said themselves that their result is only going to be based on the sample that they receive back. Just, oh, God. Oh, it's a mess, Stephen. It's you know, how do we guarantee... Here's a question, um, David. How do we guarantee that people for either side, when they start seeing the fact that the votes are arriving, don't walk around to mailbox, take them, fill them out, and return them. I would suspect that there would be an element on both sides who have given that exact action uh, some thought and who may well engage in it. Because, Just you know... Because, because think about it, like, well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? What, what, what? It's just... Oh, it's just so dumb. It's just so mind-bendingly dumb and hurtful. And, and, and oh. Yeah, look, 
back to our conversation about you know the people who feel hurt about being called a bigot. I I do get that, Steve. I understand that that there might be people who do feel that they need to be educated or whatnot. But the thing is, there's no lack of opportunity for that to happen. Like there there there's no shortage of resources. There's no shortage of conversation pieces, a- and what they need to I guess understand is by coming out and saying no, you are legit de- trying to delegitimize another person's right to exist in the way that they do and and that's that's the core of the question and that's why why and and that honestly I think is why we're seeing so many red herrings from the no side of it because if you can't if you come right down to it and say should we get to determine whether or not someone else you know is entitled to their human rights yeah. is it okay for us to delegitimize this, this person to say that the way that you are is wrong no, no, we yeah. don't have. We, we we can't do that, and 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 at the crux of it, that's what a no vote is, and and that's that that's the thing that the angry people on the yes side can't get past, and I can understand that because how can you possibly be asked to show some restraint and understanding when you are effectively being judged as to whether your very being is legitimate? Like yep. that's just that's that's a bit too heavy to ask for people to play politely. I hear. I'm I'm proud of us that we've got through this entire conversation that we weren't going to have today, Dave, <laughs> uh, and haven't good. mentioned Mr. Shelton once. Oh, I I I I don't think there's any need to bring him into the debate. Oh, I don't I don't have the the 45 minutes that this will un, unearth if we start. <laughs> oh no, let, let's just not. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, I, all I can say is I look forward to Lyle's uh, campaigning on poverty and refugee rights once this is all over and done. Yeah, oh please, I look forward to the ACL standing <laughs> up for the downtrodden uh, and uh, those that have been marginalised and minimised yeah. Like his members. <laughs> um, Any time now. Uh, oh, the votes boy. go out next week, Dave, and it is going to be a long month. It is. It is. It, oh, look, look oh, it's all pretty happy in our household. Yeah. We, 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 uh, one, of, one of my sisters actually uh, braced herself and... Uh, uh, polled my parents on whether or not they were voting yes. Great, and and both are, which which, which has led to much relief. Yes, <laughs> uh, you know we we were pretty sure Mum would. We, we you know just weren't sure with Dad. Thought he might be a bit on on the fence. You know, Dad, Dad's yeah. still very very staunch in his Catholicism, and uh, obviously the Catholic Church has been out there uh, peddling their nonsense. Um, but no, yeah. he, no, he's um, so we're all very happy. Uh, at the moment, at, at least that the, uh, one part of the constituency we, we don't have to have arguments <laughs> at Christmas dinner about. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll find something Ooh. else, but that one's off the table, so that's good. Oh, boy. Uh, see, I, I do wonder, Steve, like, uh, there is no one, no one um, who will be affected by the marriage equality vote in my immediate family, but there yeah. certainly are in our extended family, and so I and and, yeah, and beloved members of of our extended family. So I I would think it's really really hard that anyone in our extended family could, in good conscience, vote against marriage equality, and and it, and that gets me wondering, like, where are these families out there? Who who aren't touched by this in a personal way? Who don't know someone? Who can't see how hurtful it is? Like, are, are these people just out there still, um, like, like excommunicating the, the gay members of their families? Or like, like, how do you get to that point in two thousand and seventeen where you don't have someone in your life who is personally affected by this that can help you? through that thought process. Mate, long before, long before this vote came into play, uh, my one of, one of my very immediate members of, close members of my family uh, came out to us and 
they have had a strained to the point of they have now changed their name by deed poll and don't talk to our parents. Oh, Jesus. Like, that's without the vote even being a thing. That's pretty hardcore. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Uh, and I, re- I retain a close relationship with this person and I care about them very much and I care about their partner and they're getting, um, well, they were hoping to get married. They're certainly having a commitment ceremony mm-hmm. uh, in, ja- in January that we're all going to. Yep. Uh, as in we all, as in my family, that you know, my wife and kids. Um, I don't think anyone else in the family is invited. Uh, I also don't think too many in the family would come. Um, it's, oh, it's brutal. And it's a whole other conversation, Dave. Okay. All right. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, and I, uh, I guess in a more public sense, I, I, I shouldn't be astonished because, you know, we have a former prime minister who has a sister who's actively campaigning for marriage equality who yeah. seems quite happy to completely ignore... Uh, her circumstances, so I guess I shouldn't be so shocked that that it happens. But I just, no, I just, yeah, it, I I don't understand it out of <laughs> like, mm. like I just don't. Uh, which again, uh, uh, the only the only prism that I can understand it through is the one that I said earlier on is through Rick Morton's one of yeah. opponents just being thinking homosexuality is yuck and not being able to get past that. But it's totally okay for a man to put his penis into a woman's bum. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, is, is that in the Bible? I haven't checked for those parts. <laughs> oh, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure I want to know. <laughs> oh, dear. Up the bum, no babies. Uh, you see, I would have thought that that would have been uh, a okay with the, the the Catholic Church, to be honest. Given well, that's their, right, no, <laughs> given their stance on, on birth control. That's right. There's no issues about uh, about children just appearing in the family uh, in that situation. Oh dear. Oh, Stephen. <sighs> Look, let's talk again soon, Dave. Let's. I love you, Stephen Mock. I love you too, Dave. Take care. I will. <laughs> you're, you're, you're at the coal face. You're, you're probably going to have a much harder time with this over the next couple of weeks than I am. I'm off to punch myself in the stomach. <laughs> oh, don't do it too hard. That didn't work out well for Harry Houdini. <laughs> Bye. Bye, mate.